Work it just a little bit. This happens because we're only really working with the 5% of our conscious awareness and our, and our conscious thoughts. We're not actually doing anything about our unconscious reality, aka our belief systems. Welcome to the Reclaiming Purpose podcast with me, your girl, your hostess with the mostest, and the founder of You Are Into It, Dana Lisa. Join me weekly here for wisdom drops on all things intuition. My methodology is the D3 method, and it teaches you how to discover your own joy GPS and reclaim your intuition, then decondition old people-pleasing or analysis paralysis so that you can transform on a belief level in your unconscious mind. And lastly, how to take deliberate aligned action and find liberation and fulfillment in all aspects of your life, including relationships, love, money, and career. My process uses a blend of human design, neuro-linguistic programming, and my own intuitive gifts to help you in reclaiming purpose in your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I hope you are having an amazing beginning of your November, and I have really been (laughs) winding up for my birthday, which is happening on the 6th of November. I'm a double Scorpio with a Cancer moon. My whole chart is like water, (laughs) just water, water, water. And as a matter of fact, I am recording this podcast episode in a bubble bath in my house at the moment. I've been taking it really easy and being tender with myself as I come to the closure of my 20s. I'm going to be 30 years old on November 6th. So feels so good. <laughs> My Saturn return ended in December of last year. And since then, I've, I mean, obviously been experiencing exponential and quantum growth. And a lot of what's been coming up for me has been kind of a rediscovery of my true authenticity, a rediscovery of new layers of my truth that were underneath kind of this persona of being a badass. I feel like the last year had a lot of barriers and walls up because I used to be such a people pleaser and such just like a self-sacrificer and somebody that wore so many masks my whole life that when I really discovered boundaries and this whole new evolution of, you know, learning to be a boss and a CEO and having really good boundaries with my time and standards in my relationships, I took it to this really extreme. I went such the polar opposite direction And I really created this badass personification of who I believed that I needed to be in order to be a successful businesswoman. However, there was a lot of ways that that particular version of me was not serving me to get to my next level. One of the main ways being that, you know, the people who I am in relationship with, 
I always just felt a little bit disconnected from them. They always felt just like they couldn't quite touch me was a lot of the feedback that I got. And I talked about this in another episode. It's actually coming up on this month's success story. I had on one of my past clients, Amy McCohen, with my other past client, Mona Luna, and we were having a conversation about how, you know, even though I was successful, like from the outside looking in, even though people saw me as successful because I had created all of this amazingness in my life where I was a digital nomad and a minimalist and living in Bali and had my own business and lots of clients and really amazing programs and all of these things, I still felt like I was always trying to prove something. And because I was always trying to prove something, even in my relationships with clients, with my friends, with the people closest to me, it was always like it was always like I was in competition. And because I had that competition wound, it made it really difficult for people to feel close and intimate with me. So a lot of the healing and the shadow work that I've been doing during this retrograde and during this coming of my solar return, I have been really focused on the shadow of competition, needing to perform, being the badass, what that really means to actually be strong in my core and not a personification of strength, not a performative type of strength or badassery. And it's been difficult. I mean, of course, shadow work always is (laughs) so fun. But one of the things that I think has been the most uncomfortable for me is the conversations. Because I have an avoidant attachment style and you know, of course, that has effects throughout every aspect of my life. You know, for example, finances. If I would get really stressed in the past, the first thing that I would do is like avoid even looking at my finances or what bills were coming paid. Or in relationship, like intimate relationship, if I was feeling really stressed, like the first thing I would do is just avoid uncomfortable conversations or, you know, kind of run away and like go away for a weekend or whatever that looked like. So my kind of past pattern of behavior, past tendencies have been to leave things unaddressed and basically just convince myself that everything's fine because, you know, I like had a conversation with the person and they didn't seem mad at me. So everything must be okay. And what I have, of course, learned is that that doesn't work. (laughs) That doesn't actually serve me or the people I'm in relationship with because a lot of times what ends up happening is I leave my own emotions or my own feelings or my own desires completely unspoken or, you know, I'm self-sacrificing, people-pleasing in order to try to be a version of myself that I think that person wants me to be. And of course, that means that I'm never really being the truth of who I am. And of course, you know, as much as we want to be loved for who we really are, people are only given the opportunity to do that for us, to really love us for who we really are. If we are fully embodied in our authenticity, if we are being seen for the truth of who we are. 
And so I've had a lot of conversations where I've really leaned in, talked about my shadow with the people closest to me, um, really owned, you know, like, yeah, this used to be a thing. I'm owning it because it's something that I'm fully integrating right now. My truth isn't this. My truth is, you know, the positive expression of this, which is that I am really, really strong, resilient in my core, and I do want really deep, intimate relationships that have no bullshit and have really high quality standards. And that's the positive expression is I get to have these really potentially uncomfortable conversations, but the reason that they're uncomfortable is because they're outside of my comfort zone, which means that I am expanding, I am supporting other people in my reality to expand as well, and everybody wins. Everybody win, 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 win. So that's what I've been working on, and it's led to a lot of growth, a lot of discomfort, but I always embrace that because to me, if I'm uncomfortable, it means I'm expanding. It means I'm outside of my old comfort zone. Otherwise, I wouldn't be uncomfortable. The definition of comfort zone is comfortable, right? So if something's really comfortable and easy, that's because it's not new, it's not expansive. So whenever I now do this work, it's much less scary than it used to be. It's much less intimidating because I have this framing and this mindset around it of, okay, you know, I'm okay. This means I'm growing. This means I'm expanding. It's an indicator of there's something awesome on the other side of this that I've never even experienced before. So it's worth doing. Whereas in the beginning, it felt like death. It felt like oh my gosh, like I'm going to die. I'm going to be alone forever. No one's ever going to love me. I'm going to be isolated, you know, and this is normal. So just know if you're going through this right now and your brain is like telling you, you need to shrink back into your comfort zone because if you don't, you're going to die. <laughs> just know that this is our brain's auto response and what it's trying to do is protect you. It's built this way because at some point this meant survival for us. We developed our mammalian part of our brain, which is all about wanting love, wanting acceptance, because this is how we survived was through love and acceptance and being supported by our community. We couldn't really go it alone. We needed the group to survive. And this is still true today. And of course, our mammalian brain is still part of our physiology and all it wants is love and acceptance and sometimes what that means is when we do something that we haven't had modeled for us is lovable or is acceptable especially between the ages of zero and seven when we're walking around just taking on the belief systems of the people around us and modeling them as truth and our brains don't know how to differentiate between those two things we create this story in our head, we create this conditioning in our mind that has us show up in the world a certain way that's not always aligned with the authenticity of our soul. And so all this work that we do, our shadow work, our inner child healing, this is all allowing us to be embodied in our full authenticity, in our truth, so that we can have deep, loving, expansive relationships with our loved ones. 
This has been a huge focus for me as well right now because, of course, the stars aligned and this was the time of the year that my partner Luke and I decided to run our program, Intuitive Intimacy. So mid-November, we're running Intuitive Intimacy. There's going to be a three-day free workshop leading up to that program called Limitless Love, where we're going to be talking about how to really start to unlock the potential of intimacy in your existing relationships through these uncomfortable conversations and navigating them with really high emotional intelligence, as well as creating and magnetizing new expansive relationships in your life. So if this is something that you're excited about, you're interested in, you can go ahead and check out the link for that in the show notes and join us for that free three-day workshop, Limitless Love, which is beginning on the 12th. And it's going to be an awesome introduction to Luke and I, our dynamic. You've probably heard him on the podcast a few episodes ago. If you didn't listen to it, highly recommend checking it out. Got a lot of his backstory and some insight into his own conditioning and how he was brought up and what's brought him to where he is today, which is totally different than my conditioning and what's brought me to where I am today, which is part of the coolest thing about us running intuitive intimacy together is that you get both of these perspectives, which are very unique and very different, and we're bringing them together for you so that you can have this really holistic representation of learning emotional intelligence and learning how to navigate intimacy and expansive relationship as you become your authentic self. You don't have to be like somebody else or be like anybody else. Luke and I are very different. We communicate very differently. The things that make us feel full and excited are very different. We have really different desires and that's okay. That's how it's supposed to be. I wouldn't want it any other way. I don't want somebody in my life who's exactly like me and I don't want to have to conform myself to be like somebody else in order to have intimacy and love. I want to be able to be fully expressed just like you do in your relationships. And that's what intuitive intimacy is about, is you being you fully in your worth and attracting people who are capable of doing the same and loving each other regardless of those differences and being expansive using concepts of emotional intelligence that create really deep connection. So I'm so excited to have you there again Limitless Love is starting on the 12th of November. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes if you want to join us for that free three-day workshop. And if you know for sure, like intuitive intimacy is totally for me, I'm in, you can still be part of the workshop and you can sign up for the program at the early bird price, which is $5.55 for the three-week live program. All right, so today's D3 methodology episode is all about belief on the unconscious level. And the reason I want to have this conversation is because when I first started trying to manifest and when I first started trying to understand my intuition and using my intuition to make aligned decisions, I kind of ran into what many people run into, which is this kind of like think positive conversation that's out there in the world of law of attraction where it's like you can just will away your negative thoughts by out positive thinking them and 
I didn't really realize at the time, but I was actually just suppressing my shadow even more. So I was basically denying these quote-unquote negative aspects of myself even more because I thought they were even more wrong (laughs) when I got into the world of law of attraction because I felt them and people were like, well, if you're thinking this thought, just stop thinking it by doing this or switching it like this. And I was like, okay. So I was positive thinking myself all the time and I was visualizing and if I would like have a negative thought, I'd be like, no, don't think like that. You need to think like this. And I'd be like mantraing my face off (laughs) and none of it was working. It was like, I would see minor results maybe, but my reality looked kind of the same for a really long time. And I couldn't understand why, because I was doing all of the right, quote unquote, things. And, you know, I was visualizing, I had a vision board, I was making the lists, I was journaling, I was like positive thinking all of the time. And I wasn't getting the results and it was very frustrating and it was like my vision board from the year before was still the exact same and nothing had really changed in my life and I couldn't understand why. And what I have learned since then is that it's not just about our conscious thoughts. It's not only about our conscious awareness and our conscious mind. There's much more to the equation. So When we talk about the concept of alignment, this is something that I hear oftentimes when we talk about like intuition, energetics, manifestation, is people are like, well, is it aligned? Like, is that the aligned thing to do? Well, are you aligned? Or people will use that as an excuse of why something didn't work. So it's like, oh, well, it just didn't work because it wasn't aligned right now, or that wasn't an alignment. And it's like, okay, well, what is alignment? What does that mean? And alignment is actually quite a simple concept. You know, in its definition itself, it means that everything is lined up, right? Well, what's lined up? We're lined up in a way that allows for things to flow really easily and effortlessly. And when things are not going easily and effortlessly, someone telling you like, oh, well, you just need to get aligned or you need to like make sure it's in alignment That sounds really nice, but it doesn't feel helpful. And I know that from personal experience because there's been plenty of times where I've been in the thick of it, I've been frustrated off my face, and then people are like, well, it's just because it wasn't aligned. Like, yeah, you put in the 100 hours a week to do it, but it wasn't aligned, so of course it didn't work. And I'm like, okay, well cool. Well, what do I need to do? (laughs) Of course, that's the age old question. What do I need to do to get aligned? What do I need to do masculine to be in my feminine? (laughs) But I wasn't really met with a lot of constructive answers when it came to that question. When it came to, you know, what does that mean? How do we shift into alignment? And so that was really why I started in the world of energetics and I started exploring things like intuition and manifestation and the concepts of alignment and learning about these different systems that we have in our body and the tools that are available to us to not just try to positive think our way out of a sticky situation. And what I have learned is that alignment itself is simply this. It means that your true soul's desires, so your authentic expression, your unique code of what success means to you, 
is aligned with your unconscious belief systems. So the things that you don't even realize are running the show, but are making 95% of your decisions for you on your day-to-day life, which are then aligned with that other 5%, the conscious thoughts that you're thinking on a regular basis, which are then aligned with the actions that you're taking in the real world, which then aligns to create your external reality or the environment that you find yourself in. So most people, when they hear about alignment, they kind of try to take the root of changing the part that's at the other end of the equal sign. So they try to change their external environment. They try to change the outcome of the formula rather than working with the formula itself. So what I mean by that is many people, when they're quote-unquote not in alignment or things are feeling sticky and resistance, what they try to do is change their external environment. In NLP, there's this really... Um, useful framework called the logical levels of change that talks about this and it's in the shape of a pyramid and at the bottom of the pyramid is our environment our external environment most people they only really work with this area so they'll try to you know move into a nicer house or move into a better place or declutter their office space or they will um they will try to you know go work in the library or they'll create morning habits so the next part of that pyramid is our habits and our skill sets so people will try to like wake up at 5 a.m every day and create like a morning routine and a morning ritual and they'll try to eat really healthy and exercise every day and they're like constantly trying to change like their physical appearance their external environment the skills that they have so they'll take new courses They'll go sign up for a new program, they'll read more books, they'll listen to more podcasts. And if you're like me, you did all of these things, but what would happen is like you would find yourself in this perpetual cycle of spinning your wheels where you're constantly listening to so much information, your inbox is just full of tons of freebies, PDF downloads, you're watching all the YouTube videos, you've read all of the guru's books, your bookshelf is full of self-help books, you have like thrown out half of your stuff and decluttered your space, you maybe have even changed locations, you've like done all of these things, you've done the morning routine, you've changed up your diet, you've tried exercising, but even though you do all of these things there's not a lot of result. You're not getting a result in your physical reality. It's like it might work for a little bit or you might see a little bit of change, but you don't actually get an epic big result. It's not quantum leaping. Your reality stays really similar. You find patterns are often still playing out in your life of toxicity in relationships or drama cycles or people-pleasing or over-analysis. And sometimes things will stick for a little bit, like let's say exercising, you might go to the gym for a couple of weeks and you're feeling really good and everything is awesome, but then all of a sudden it's a month later and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't remember the last time I went to the gym, how did this happen? How did I let myself fall off the bandwagon? And then 
what happens that's even more difficult is we then compound this sensation of failure by beating ourselves up. So not only do we have the initial hit of like, oh crap, I haven't gone to the gym in a month and I said I was going to go every day for at least, you know, two and a half months and I haven't gone for a month and I'm like, oh my gosh, so I already feel guilty. But then we also create an additional story in our head about what that means about who we are. Oh my gosh, you're so inconsistent. You're a failure. This always happens. You're just like so unreliable and irresponsible and you're so non-committal and this happens to you all the time. So why do you even bother? And not only did we like stab ourselves that one time, that initial stab of like, oh my gosh, I'm in pain because this isn't working, but then we continuously pull that knife out and hammer it in again ourselves with the story that we create in our head about what we think it means about our identity. So if you've ever been here, this resonates, maybe you're here right now, I want to explain why this happens. This happens because we're only really working with the 5% of our conscious awareness and our, and our conscious thoughts. We're not actually doing anything about our unconscious reality, aka our belief systems. And when I learned this, I, it blew my mind. It made so much sense. I was like, oh, of course I'm struggling. Of course I'm struggling to create consistent, reliable results when I'm still operating on the same broken belief system that is the one that I got here today with. I'm still running on the same unconscious beliefs that got me to where I am today, but hoping that I'm going to create a different result. I'm hoping that the equals after the equation is going to suddenly magically change when a huge chunk of the formula is broken and needs to be rewritten in order to create a different result. So when I learned about the logical levels of change during my NLP certification, this really gave me context to work with so that I could see, okay, well, I've got the environment, which I've tried to change a million times. I used to be the girl that ran away from her problems all the time. I would change homes. I would change cities. I would change friend circles. I would change partners. I would change whatever I could in my external environment, hoping that that would be enough to shift who I am at an identity level. And as you can guess, that didn't work out so well for me. Even though I might change cities or I might change schools or I might change jobs, I still found myself playing out the same kind of patterns of behavior. I would still find myself in situations that were very similar to previous realities that I had found myself in. And this is because it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you are while you're doing it. So it's, it's not about the environment or the skill set or the strategy that you're using. It's about how you're showing up, what your identity is as an individual when you are doing those things. Are you the type of person who makes it mean that you failed if something doesn't go according to plan? Or are you the type of person who believes everything's happening for me and I'm at cause, not effect, so this is a beautiful lesson and I'm going to keep going and no matter what, it's going to happen. So you've probably met people in your life before who are at effect. And generally, 
everything will be going good for a little while and then all of a sudden one little thing happens and the whole world is ending. It's like, I knew this was going to happen. I told you so. See, I can just never find love because this person now ghosted me. So therefore, I'm just unlovable. I'm never going to find a partner. I'm never going to get married. I'm going to be a lonely cat woman for the rest of my life. And this is just the way it goes. And this is the story that this person believes. And so when we have a story that we truly believe, we believe is the truth, we find the evidence to support that. So think about what are the stories that you believe to be true? And I guarantee if you were to look at your life, you would be able to find plenty of evidence to support that that belief is true. When it comes to our beliefs, these were often given to us. So think about your parents, for example, what are some of your parents' beliefs around love, around money, around career, around hard work, around friends? And oftentimes what you'll find is that as a child, you either completely accepted these unconscious beliefs as fact, or you rejected them and you rebelled against them. Oftentimes, when I talk to people about this, what they'll notice is that the pattern is they either completely chose that something was truth and they find themselves following the exact same patterns as their parents, or they rejected certain notion, notions that their parents believed, and so they engaged in some kind of act of rebellion where they tried to do the complete polar opposite of what they saw modeled by their parents. So think about this for yourself. If you were to think about these different kind of key categories of your life, health and wellness, relationships, money, career, and you were to look at where did I accept the beliefs that were modeled for me by my parents and where did I reject them? Where did I rebel against them? And when I say parents, I also mean any primary caregivers. So anyone who's behavior was really, uh, you know, obvious in your reality between the ages of zero and seven. The people who raised you, the people who you were around the most, the people who gave you representations of beliefs around these key areas of your life when you were young. And if you were to look at that and look at, okay, where did I accept and where did I rebel? You're actually going to get a lot of insight into, oh, here are some of my unconscious belief systems that I didn't even maybe realize were controlling my reality. So this was the case for me. Like we all imagine ourselves to be in control all the time. We're like, no, like I'm consciously actively choosing my life every single minute of every single day. I'm in control. Like there's no such thing as like, you know, a decision that I don't make. Like nothing's happening like that. But when we start to understand more about the brain, what we learn is that that's actually not true. You actually have things that your conscious mind doesn't have the capacity to think about on a regular basis. And so it automatically defaults to the unconscious and simply makes decisions automatically in a reactional state of being based on what you believe to be true from evidence that you've had before in the past. 
And this is really of great service to us in a lot of ways. Of course, it can be so useful because we don't want to be thinking about silly things all of the time about, you know, what kind of coffee do I want to order? Well, I don't even know what I like. Well, no, your unconscious knows I like it black with a teaspoon of sugar. Like I know that. And so I don't even have to think about it. I know exactly what it is that I want and how I want it. However, there's other big things like, should I leave my job and start a business where your brain is like, well, I don't have a modeled representation of that in my life. But, you know, my parents always said that 80-something percent of entrepreneurs fail, and that was what was told to me when I was young. So I don't think it's safe. I don't think it's safe for me to start my own business and leave my job. I need to have some sort of cushion, or I need to have more education, or I need to have X, Y, and Z first. So I'm going to just wait. And we never take action. We never take action on the thing that's actually aligned with our true desires because between the true desire of our soul and the inspired action, there's a block, aka we're out of alignment. And oftentimes where that block happens is in our unconscious mind. It happens in the unconscious belief system level because we're not even actively aware that it's there. And so a lot of the work that I do with clients when it comes to reconnecting people to their intuition and allowing people to use their intuition in order to make aligned decisions, we spend a lot of time in the unconscious mind looking at this 95% of our brain that we don't even necessarily know exactly what's going on in there. And when we start to take a peek underneath the covers, we start to unveil a lot of the things that we didn't even know we're controlling and dictating our reality because we had a block in our unconscious that was going by under the radar because it was just like I said, unconscious. So a lot of the work that we do is about raising conscious awareness of the unconscious beliefs in order to be able to actively shift them using our conscious mind. However, The really cool, radical thing about some of the techniques in neuro-linguistic programming, aka NLP, as I mentioned earlier, is that we don't actually always have to raise our conscious awareness of what those unconscious beliefs are in order to change them. So one example that I love of this is one of the practitioners that helped found NLP, whose practices helped found NLP. They created this system for using metaphors to speak directly to the unconscious mind. And what would happen is his patients would come to them and let's say it was to quit smoking. They would come to him and they would be part of his study and it would be like, I'm going to quit. I want to quit smoking. And they would come to therapy and he would talk to them and he would tell them these stories, these metaphors. And the story might be about like a fish and an apple tree. And these people were like, this dude's crazy. Like, how is this going to help me quit smoking? But the really amazing thing that happened is when they followed up with these people, because it was a longitudinal study where they would then follow up with them and ask, you know, did you quit smoking? 
And these people would be like, yeah, I did. I totally quit smoking, but I did that on my own. I decided to do that on my own. It had nothing to do with therapy because I would go to therapy and all we would do is talk about these crazy stories about fishes and apple trees that had nothing to do with smoking or quitting smoking. And so therapy wasn't the thing that did it. I did it. It was me on my own. But the cool thing is that the reason this worked was because the practitioner was speaking directly to the unconscious mind, not the conscious mind. So we can actually bypass the conscious mind. It doesn't need to know necessarily what's happening in order for us to get into the unconscious and work with the beliefs that are living there and reprogram them to be in alignment with our desired outcome. And so this is where certain NLP techniques come in. And when I'm talking about that, I mean things like hypnosis. So if you're doing hypnosis, if you're doing deep meditative practices where you're actually guiding yourself into what's called a theta state. So we have multiple brainwave states that happen when we are learning and we're taking in information. So you've got your beta state, which is a really heightened, fast response of like heightened emotion, like you're actively doing and learning and going. And then you've got an alpha state where you're taking in information, you're very active, conscious, aware of what's going on. And then where we reprogram the unconscious mind is when the unconscious mind actually takes a relaxed state and starts to slow down and we go into the theta state, which is where we can actually reprogram the unconscious mind without the conscious mind even needing to know what it is that's happening. And we access this state through things like hypnosis and meditation. So what I would encourage you and inspire you to do is to think about, am I taking the really long route where I'm trying to very actively raise my conscious awareness around everything that it is that's in my belief system, my unconscious belief system? And if so, do I know what my true soul's desires are? Because you likely know what your version of success is, what the reality is that you're looking to create. And if you were to think about what are the unconscious beliefs that support the version of me's reality who is living that life. So for example, let's say you want to be a digital nomad and your current reality is that you just have so much stuff in your house. You've got knickknacks, books full of shelves, 52 pairs of shoes, this was me, (laughs) 52 pairs of shoes, a closet full of things that you never wear. This was my reality before becoming a nomad. And you're like, okay, well, clearly I have an attachment to stuff and I've got some unconscious beliefs that come from a past of being in a consumerism culture where this was just accepted as normal as my reality. However, knowing that I have this longing to become a digital nomad, are those beliefs serving me? Well, no, because I can't have a house full of stuff and fit everything in a suitcase and travel the world. So what are some of the belief systems that would be supportive of digital nomad Dana? So drop in and you can actually channel the guidance and the wisdom of your higher self of this version of you who has already created the reality that it is that you desire. And you can ask, what beliefs does this version of me have? 
And once you've asked this, go ahead and journal. You know, this version of me believes that it's okay to have very few things because the amount of things that I have doesn't equate to worth. This version of me knows that I can feel sentimental without keeping stuff as an evidence of that sentimental emotion. That version of me knows that it feels free and liberating to be able to travel without the burden of having a lot of things, right? So look at the beliefs of what that version of you knows to be true. And then you can actually start to use guided hypnosis to integrate these beliefs at an unconscious level without your conscious mind ever needing to know what it is exactly that was stored in your unconscious before or what those broken belief systems are. So, I mean, how cool is that? You get to like, it's kind of like hack the system of your brain in order to recode yourself at an identity level so that your outcome aka your external environment starts to naturally shift because when you change who you are at an identity level the reality that you find yourself in inevitably changes because you are the person who has the reality that it is that you desire and you naturally create it through taking inspired aligned action because of who you are at an unconscious belief system level If you believe you're somebody who works out every day and who eats healthy, you don't think about ordering a pizza or a salad. You just naturally make the decision to order the salad. You naturally get up in the morning at 5 o'clock a.m. without thinking about how hard it is or how much you hate it or how much the gym sucks or how bad of a person you're not going to be if you don't go or how fat you're going to feel later in the day if you don't make it. You simply do the thing. There's not this over-analysis. There aren't these negative self-sabotaging thoughts bubbling up from the unconscious mind and these broken belief system in order to try to keep you in your comfort zone via your conscious mind. Those become eliminated because we've reprogrammed on an unconscious belief level in order to align you to the truth of who you are at an unconscious belief level instead of only a conscious awareness level. That's the ultimate hack. So inside of my programs, including the monthly subscription, the Freedom From subscription, which is only $44 per month, you actually get access to reprogramming exercises that are founded and based in these NLP practices that bypass the conscious mind so that even though you might be like, I don't even know if this is working I don't even know if this therapy is helping me quit smoking, but all of a sudden you find yourself in the reality of a non-smoker because we've recoded you at an identity level. This is the beauty of the work that it is that I do with people at an unconscious level, aka hypnosis. So yes, it helps to understand these things intellectually. Of course, it feels good to be able to explain yourself in words and to consciously have an awareness and an understanding of why past patterns have played out for you. But a lot of what I see in the community of healing, spiritual leaders, and spirituality in general is people get stuck in these perpetual healing cycles because they're constantly trying to unearth what's wrong with me. 
Why is this happening? And all they want is a conscious understanding. A con- and they're constantly seeking it. Conscious understanding of why is this happening? Oh, that's a mommy issue. Oh, that's a daddy issue. Oh, that's because of this time I was bullied in school. That's because of this time that my friend found out I peed the bed. Oh, that's because of this time that this guy left me because he heard me fart in my sleep or whatever it is, right? They're constantly trying to unearth why, 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 why is this happening to me? And people get in this constant vicious cycle of forever healing. Whereas when we work with the unconscious mind, you actually don't need to be stuck in forever healing. You get to be healed and you get to simply show up as the healed, authentic, whole, worthy version of who you are without ever needing to spend all of that time digging and unearthing and digging and unearthing. So if you want to be part of that Freedom From subscription, check out the show notes below. You can join me. Freedom From Drama Cycles is coming out this November and Freedom From Overanalysis is already live and there is a workshop released monthly that includes a recorded hypnosis for doing exactly this work. I love you guys so much. Thank you for joining me for this D3 methodology episode and I will see you guys next week. All right, Intuits, that's all for this week, but I will catch you here on Reclaiming Purpose next week. And if you want more of this type of content, you can go check out the offers on youareintuit.com. The link is in the show notes. And for a chance to win a one-year subscription to all of our workshops and programs, go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that we can enter you into our quarterly draw. I will talk to you guys so soon and have an amazing rest of your day wherever you are in the world.